Good evening. I want you to imagine with me for a moment that all the leaders of the world got together and they agreed on something. Okay, this is crazy hypothetical, but they agreed to award a few lucky citizens of the globe a new passport, a global passport with visa-free entry to any area, nation, territory on earth. Yeah, that would be great. And let's, let's take this a step further. Let's say that, you know, only a few people get it and the sheikh comes knocking on your door and you are given this global passport. You have no more limits, no more border worries or visa stressors. You can go wherever you want. You can take this passport and explore the world without restrictions. You can ski down the slopes of Iran, catch a military parade in North Korea, go to Tajikistan or actually Turkmenistan and do what people do there. Um, I don't know much about it. Google said that it's really hard to get into, so that's why I threw that in. You can choose to do these things or you can take that special passport, put it on a shelf or lock it in a safe and just go about your normal life, not using the passport and maybe even forgetting that you have it in the first place. These are your choices. Use it and let it change the course of your life or forget about it and act as if nothing happened. And I'd hope that if given that chance, you would live in light of that passport, that you would reorder your life because of the passport and make the most of the opportunity you'd been freely given. In our text tonight from Colossians, Chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, we're going to find that for those of us who submit to Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are citizens of a kingdom the likes of which this world cannot fathom. A kingdom citizenship that, like this mythical passport, should be on our mind, affecting our decisions, and leading to changed lives. And so the main point of tonight's passage and our time together is this. Dear Christian, don't forget your kingdom citizenship. So let's look at Colossians 1, 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And before we dive in, maybe let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray you would bless our time in your word tonight. Um, I ask that you would bless me as I speak and that your spirit would be at work in our hearts this evening. Amen. And so in keeping with this passport theme, we're going to consider three points this evening. Emigration, immigration, and implications. Emigration, immigration, implications. So first of all, we have emigration. That's going to be the first half of verse 13. And I could put a certain ninth grade biology student on the spot and ask him to define the word emigrate, because that was a biology vocab word, but we're not going to do that. Uh, To emigrate, that's starting with the letter E, is to permanently leave one's country. The first half of verse 13 describes the emigration that has taken place for all believers. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness The action in this phrase is deliverance. We have been brought out, rescued from the domain of darkness. Darkness. That's where we as Christians once were. We were trapped in darkness with no hope of escape. 
And we're not talking darkness like campfire in the desert darkness or night under the stars darkness. This is like can't see the hand in front of your face darkness, pitch black. It blinds you to the truth and to all rationality. And it's not just a physical darkness, but really this is a spiritual darkness. This is Satan's domain. In the darkness, Satan rules, and he's bent on stealing, killing, and destroying. And this is because of our sin. This darkness where we once were was where we rightly belonged. It describes a, a separation from God that is a result of our sin. It's a hostility of mind. It's a doing of evil deeds. And that's just it. We weren't just in the darkness. We were taking part in the darkness. We were acting in it and foolishly I think we were loving it. The darkness was leading us towards destruction and damnation. But praise be to God for our deliverance. Notice our emigration out of the domain of darkness is completely an act of God. He has delivered us. The passport analogy breaks down here as to emigrate requires you to act. You have to plan. You have to pack. Ultimately, you're the one to make it happen. But our deliverance doesn't require any of that. God in the person of Jesus Christ stepped into the darkness when he went to the cross. For a moment, it looked as though the darkness had won, that evil had prevailed. But by de beating death, Christ defeated the darkness and provided a path for us to be delivered from Satan's domain. We weren't the ones to beat death. We must rightly acknowledge that on our own, we would still be in that darkness. But God's deliverance comes at his initiation and is a free gift that we could never earn. Just as we saw this morning that God initiated with Jacob and blessing him and renaming him Israel, so too God is the one initiating with sinners to emigrate them out of darkness. And this is such good news that we ought to praise and thank God for, but it's not the only good news in our passage. So let's look at the rest of the text and consider our immigration that's taking place. He's delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. In the second part of this passage, we see that we didn't just permanently leave one place. We immigrated. We permanently moved into another. We came into the light. We received new citizenship when God transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. So our salvation comes not just from something bad, but it comes to or, or for something incredible. This is a kingdom, the text tells us. And not just any kingdom. This is the kingdom of God's beloved son. This is Jesus Christ's kingdom. Christ, the creator of all that exists, the sustainer of everything from galaxies to molecules, fullness of God in flesh, the preeminent one. That's whose kingdom this is. That's whose kingdom we belong to. We bear a passport with his seal. And it's because of Christ we've been redeemed. It's because of Christ we are granted this new citizenship, a new identity in a new land. No longer stuck in darkness, we are able to live now fully and freely in the light. We could never immigrate to this kingdom on our own. Our sin was prohibiting us from kingdom citizenship. And if you're not a Christian, 
Your sin is currently keeping you out too. Sin is an offense to God. It refuses to submit to God. Sin trades the gloriousness of being a kingdom citizen for the blindness that's found in the domain of darkness. It's remaining in this domain of darkness, even unto death, where you're then punished for your failure to submit to God. But this passage reminds us that Christ has forgiven sin, that by the blood of his cross, forgiveness of sins is possible, kingdom citizenship is possible. Through his resurrection, all are invited in. So if you have not trusted in Christ for your salvation, I hope that you would consider your present condition in darkness and that you might repent of your sins and let Jesus be Lord of your, right, of your life and immigrate to this new kingdom. This salvation is amazing, incredible news. For those of us who are Christians, we should rejoice that not only are we out of the darkness, but we rest securely in the light. We don't have to worry about losing our place in the kingdom. God will not quit on you. This isn't like the kingdoms of this world where you're kicked out of the country when you lose your job and with it your visa. There are no ice raids in this kingdom, no visa limits. When you're in, you're there to stay. The same God who initiated with you and brought you into the kingdom ensures that you remain in this glorious place. So what do we do with this kingdom citizenship? Let's look now and, and consider a few implications. At the start of this talk, I said that the main point was this. Don't forget your kingdom citizenship. And I think that's clearly why this passage is included here in Colossians. Um, but I want to flesh that idea out a little bit more. So first of all, we must acknowledge that remembering our kingdom citizenship is necessary for us as believers. Paul is writing this letter to Christians in the church of Colossae. A few verses earlier, he was rejoicing for their faith in the gospel. He was ecstatic to hear that the gospel was bearing fruit and that the gospel was increasing among them. And yet when this letter gets going, what does Paul do? He writes these verses and he reminds them of the gospel. He reminds these believers of the gospel of where they emigrated from and where they immigrated to. And that's because remembering the gospel is necessary for those who trust the gospel. This wasn't just good news for you when you first believed. It continues to be good news for you today. So don't think it's weird when on a Sunday night with just a small group of us Christians, we spend time on a sermon about the gospel. This message is necessary for Christians. It's written for the church. And as the church, we need to constantly be remembering the work that God has done. At the same time as individuals, we need to daily live in light of this grace that we've received. So this then is another implication that remembering leads to living out your faith. Later in the letter, Paul's going to get to the instructions for living a Christian life. But he only does so after first doing a deep dive into theology and reminding the Colossians of the gospel. But see that those instructions aren't disconnected or unrelated ideas from our passage. Righteous living in this world requires right theology and a gospel worldview. 
It's with the gospel in view that our speech can be seasoned with salt. It's with the gospel in view that we can have healthy marriages. It's with the gospel in view that bond servants can faithfully labor despite their circumstances. All of these ideas Paul will go on to preach, but only first after reminding the Colossians of their emigration and their immigration. By remembering where our citizenship lies, we, like Paul, can live rightly in whatever circumstances we find ourselves. Paul writes this letter from prison. He's sitting in a cell that's no doubt dark, damp, and depressing. Yet because Christ has redeemed him, he can sit trapped in darkness and rejoice that he has been delivered from darkness. Only the gospel allows us to live with such joy when the world around us feels so bleak. A final implication of these verses is that remembering your kingdom's citizenship fuels your prayer life. This short little letter is packed with prayer. Paul starts the letter by telling the Colossians about his prayer for them. He ends the letter by instructing them to continue steadfastly in prayer. And our text comes just after Paul told the Colossians he's praying for their spiritual growth so that they might please the Lord by bearing fruit, being strengthened, and, quote, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Thank God that you are no longer in the domain of darkness, that you have immigrated into the light, the kingdom of his beloved son. Go to him daily and thank him and praise him for this glorious truth. By doing that each and every day, giving thanks to God, we acknowledge that as kingdom citizens, we are fully dependent on God and his grace. This, as we discussed earlier, is what frees us to live our lives as holders of the ultimate passport. Therefore, Christians, let us not forget our emigration and immigration. Regularly reflect on this truth that it might fuel your prayer life and lead to living out your faith. For he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. God, we praise you for delivering us from darkness. We thank you that the one seated on the throne was willing to go to the cross that we might be transferred into his kingdom. Strengthen us to live in light of this grace. In your name we pray. Amen.